Welcome into another edition of SmackDown Rebellion presented by WrestleZone Radio and the IRW Network. You can check us out at IRWNetwork.com. We're also back on SoundCloud, and that means we're back on iTunes where you can rate, review, subscribe, give us some five stars. Let them know how much you hate me but love everybody else on SmackDown Rebellion or just on WrestleZone Radio. So go to iTunes, check that out. Give us some five stars. You can also go to WrestleZone.com for all of your news and also the post for WrestleZone Radio. You can follow us on Twitter, WrestleZone at WrestleZone.com. You can follow IRW Network at IRW Network. You can follow me on Twitter at JJansen34 and I know this co-host Twitter handle because he co-hosts with me very often. That's at Brian Wool. Brian, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeling so good that I might be the face of a major corporation. Well, yeah, because you technically are now the face of a major corporation. And was that your actual apartment or house, or was that just like, hey, Brian, this is going to be your nice-ass-looking house for like five minutes? It was, hey, Brian, this is going to be your nice-ass-looking house for five minutes. But <laughs> they took all of my stuff. They took my stuff from my actual place. Were you okay with that? Wait, wait, wait. Real friends. Were you okay with that? Yeah, I mean, I was like, yeah, whatever, because my, my place was not good. It should not be in a national commercial. Uh, and and they were like, oh, we'll, we'll just put you in this sweet-ass-looking place. And I but they said, took sure. your stuff. Like, you were okay with, like, yeah, move it all. Like, did they move it back? Uh, they, they gave it back to me in boxes. I would be <laughs> pissed. Hell, Starbucks, hell no. You charged I mean, me they, six bucks. They paid me. No, yeah. I don't care. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't care. I'd rather have them put it back and me not get paid at all. That is a bunch of work that is unnecessary for me to do just because they wanted some kind of decorations that they couldn't afford on their own, so they used my own. No, Brian, you should be upset. I don't know how commercials in Hollywood work, but I'd be pissed off because I'm too lazy for them to just say, hey, you know what? Here's a few boxes. Put it back yourself. Hell no, I, no. Look, I, I stand up for yourself, Brian. Commercial. Stand I, up I, to Mister Starbucks. Selected certain items in the commercials so that they would appear. Uh, unfortunately, my wrestling items did not make it into the commercial. Did but, you try uh, for the wrestling? A lot wrestling of my items. Octavarius items did. Did you try uh, for the wrestling items? Yes. Okay. There, there were wrestling items in the shoot if there's another cut of the commercial we might get to see them who knows what what wrestling items please i gotta know <laughs> what wrestling How- items i had uh i actually had a wwe championship fanny pack uh oh, that's, no. that's pretty rad no uh i also have uh brett the hitman heart sunglasses and uh rick flair sparkly robe uh you have a rick flair sparkly robe yeah, yeah. It was just uh, from the Halloween costume, the red sparkly robe. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a great investment because you get the trunks too. And uh, yeah, you can just walk around. It was a great know, investment a because... of a nature boy. <laughs> Bonus, there's trunks to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and they say RF on it. It's so good. So uh, I, I think we decided on a nickname for you before we decided to get on. Am I just calling you the, the face of Starbucks or Starbuck? Um, I'm not calling you Brian Wolf for the rest of the show. Um, uh, you can just say, you can call me out, Brian Wolf brought to you by Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I like that so much more better. 
so Brian Wool brought to you by Starbucks. Um, we we had some news before the show today uh, that kind of had to deal with Monday Night Raw, but Neville. Uh, apparently there are rumors that he requested his release. He's not happy. Um, the story is, or the rumor is that he left Monday night raw upset that made the main event change, uh, for Enzo and Kalisto. And, uh, kind of when you were reading all of this, what were your initial thoughts? Well, it, it, it seemed a lot like when stone cold walked out on that match with Brock Lesnar all those years ago where they said stone cold took his ball and went home. Uh, it seems to me, uh, and I'm only judging this based on the, the report from pro wrestling sheet, uh, Ryan Satin put up. Uh, but it says that, uh, Neville did not like the booking for the lumberjack match. And he said, he would leave. And so the, the match changed from having Enzo Amore coming out the winner to Kalisto being in the match and then winning the cruiserweight title. I, I really don't blame Neville for leaving at all. They, they have gutted this character. They have gutted this man. He was the top heel on 205 Live. He carried the show, and then they introduce Enzo, which is fine. Totally introduce Enzo, but they had him become the top heel, taking all the work that Neville has done to get to this point, just taking it out away from under him. Then they have they job him out to the dude. What what else is he supposed to do? I mean, it just it seems like every time Neville gets any momentum going, they they took it away from him for some reason. It seems like they don't have enough faith in him. He can see that. He can smell it. He's getting out, and I feel more power to him. Because if the company's not going to be behind you, might as well. And that rant was brought to you that by Starbucks oh, Pumpkin Spice <laughs> Latte. Buy a venti for five sixty seven at your local Starbucks. Thank you, Brian. Uh, brought, oh, what was that? Brian gosh. brought to you by Starbucks. That was good uh, because I, I feel the same. And it it comes to, uh, I always talk about this with uh, Bin Hameen. Um, he always says, like, you know, people need to step up and kind of say, well, you're doing this wrong. And maybe, like, I feel like this may have been a situation where Neville finally stood up to something and said, hey, guys, we are doing this all wrong. Like, this is not how it's supposed to go or not the right way to go about it. And I, I'm, I guess he was met with a lot of resistance. And that's something that I don't, it's not concerning to me, but it has to be concerning to those who are kind of risking, not risking their careers, but their careers are on the line in WWE. This is, it is the big whole wwe corporate thing but it's also them trying to make sure their careers are intact and they're doing the best for their careers so it's like they're trying to stand up for it and say something like hey we could do this better for everyone but then them rejecting it and you're like well now you're messing with my career like i'm i can understand why he would be upset so i i just i i want to know or one thing i'm interested in knowing in this, if if Neville was just upset that he wasn't winning, 
or if he was upset and like guys were doing this completely wrong and he was met with a ton of resistance from whoever it may be whether it's agents backstage wwe writers uh i'm i'm just interested if this is all true what was the boiling point for him was it that his career his he wasn't winning the match or that they may have been doing something wrong and he tried to stand up for it and was met with a, a ton of resistance so i'm kind of interested in how that all went down yeah, it's really fascinating, and I, I really hope uh, I hope it can be resolved because I, I love watching Neville on on WWE programming, but I, I'm sad to see his character just just getting the shaft. Yeah, because I think <laughs> well, uh, I want to see a little bit more. You know, there were a couple characters I think that were carrying Monday Night Raw for a lot of the time, and that was Braun Strowman and also Neville. Those were two characters that. Uh, were, were very interesting. Neville, Braun more because he was just a monster, he was unique, but Neville just because he was a throwback to like a really great heel. Instead of doing his right hour, he did a, a, a top rope suplex or a superplex as his finisher. Like, nobody uses that as a finisher. That's just a standard move now. Like, he, he threw it back to a ton of things to make it very ordinary and simple, and it just made him such a natural heel. Because he was all this high-flying guy and then everything was just simple. And I loved it, the way his facial expressions as well, when he lost the title uh, once and he just looked like he deathly ill. Like, all of that was fantastic. And he was an interesting part of Monday Night Raw, which I can only say about maybe one or two other people and one of those being Braun Strowman. Uh, so those two were, I think, the best part of Raw for a good few months. And to see now Neville being thrown to the wayside and then now leaving and maybe re requesting a release. Uh, yeah, it sucks. And it's, it's, I don't know if it's concerning because WWE is a machine and they're going to be fine, but it sucks because that was an interesting part of raw and now gone. And so there's a part of me. And I think now Cody Rhodes has kind of shown a path for every wrestler now, like, Hey, you can kind of survive without WWE. So a part of me wants Neville to go like on the British indie wrestling scene and just take over and I, that'd be more fun for me because i enjoy neville and i want to see him in a spotlight or have the spotlight shown on him not kind of thrown to the wayside to people like enzo and uh and Callisto. and no offense to those two but neville was clearly the better of that entire division and for him to just kind of be thrown to the side uh it, it was i hate to say frustrating for me because it wasn't frustrating it was just puzzling and so I can understand where the frustration comes for Neville. So. Yeah, yeah. It, I feel he's completely justified. And if he feels that he needs to go, then more power to him. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. And again, Cody Rhodes, I guess the path that he showed or what kind of success that you can have after WWE, maybe that leads to somebody like Neville thinking, you know what? I can do so much better than this. Look what Cody's doing. I can do so much better than that. I'm going to go. Screw this. Maybe that in not in titles, but it gives the superstars a little bit more power or think they have a little bit more power of their own careers and that they can do it and succeed without WWE. So, well, as this unfolds, stick with the WrestleZone.com for all of the latest, and I'm sure we'll have nice coverage of that here on WrestleZone Radio as well. Well, so stay tuned to WrestleZone Radio and WrestleZone.com for updates 
on the Neville situation. But let's go straight into SmackDown Live. We start off. Now, the big story was Sami Zayn and what is Sami Zayn's motives? Is he going to explain what he did? That was kind of the big uh, big revealing on the show that we wanted to see or the big explanation from Sunday. But I do like how we got the tag team division first because that if there was a second to this, it would be that tag team division. So we were able to save Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the middle part of the show while also giving us something interesting to start off with. And that was the Usos and the New Day. And we get at first, they're talking and you know kind of saying you know we respect you guys the uso saying that to the new day we're about to get a handshake tons of teams come rolling out and daniel bryan says you know what fatal four-way tag team match to be number one contender um did you were you okay with this starting off the show or were you maybe too excited or too kind of hyped up to maybe get an explanation from Sami Zayn and kevin owens first all I know is is that I didn't want to see a handshake between those two really? teams. Really? No way. The Usos are evil, and I don't want them to be any softer than they are right now. They need to stay hard, and this handshake business is garbage. I don't want any of that. Well, <laughs> I, like, I usually do understand that. Respect not or whatever, but move on. I like. Move the, I mean, on. I understand no that, but I don't uh, like it. I understand it, but usually after Hell in a Cell or something uh, life changing as those matches are, I'm okay with the handshake thing. It's ah. like it's like okay, I'm going to relate it. I've been watching again a lot of Dragon Ball Super and Dragon Ball Z, and Usually, every time Goku defeats an opponent, they become his best friend because Goku has a lot of respect, and they had a lot of respect for each other because of this big battle that they had, and like battle that they hated each other, went all out, almost killed each other, and then everything's fine. And I'm okay with that. Like that's a that's a storyline I'm fine with. The New Day and the Usos have been going at it for weeks, for months, brutal matches, and then it all just the top blew off at Hell in a Cell, and they went all out. They beat the hell out of each other. And how are you not going to respect that from somebody else? Like, hey, we just went through war in there. I know I hated you, but I kind of have to respect the effort, and I admire that. Like, cause, And the best part, is the Usos explained it well, like nobody knows what it's like to go back into your hotel and your your arm you can't use to drive, and your, your, the hotel receptionist says, are you guys okay? Like Nobody knows that feeling but you guys. And that's kind of a mutual bond they share. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with fight. It's usually something I see in, like, fighting movies or, like, martial artists or in wrestling as well. I like the respect at the end of brutal matches like Hell in a Cell. I'm fine with that. I, I, I am fine with it, but not in this case. For these teams, I did not want that. So you want, okay, so, well, I guess the Usos, I would say the Usos did set it up where um, they were kind of the bullies, man, and bullies never kind of respect people they And I want them to continue to be bullies. I want them to bully the entire division until they get to somebody that might be bigger, who I think was teased later in the show. Yeah, and... Again, what this you know, kind of and then did, we get these bullies versus these monsters. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I did like how this wrapped things up. This kind of let you know, like, okay, it's over. These two, 
they went through their battles like the yeah. hell in a cell was it so they respect each other now they go in their separate ways uh i, I wasn't now the I was, transition to the other teams i loved that oh my gosh it was fantastic that, because, that transition so like handshake aside this segment like on the whole i love because of the transition to the other teams and then daniel bryan coming out and being the authority figure, you know, him and Kurt Angle, I feel, have been so great as authority figures. We're in a really great era of authority figures. Yeah, Daniel figures Bryan especially, I think, because uh, uh, Kurt Angle, it's a small sample size, to be honest. But uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, for as long as he's been on SmackDown Live and since it started, has been a great general manager. Because his character as a general manager just works so well. Yeah, he's just so, like, lawful good. And you just do you know the right thing and it and it's and it's like neutral still like he's you know he's not there to like mess with anybody but he always does the right thing and he uh and he also asserts his authority you know he told uh he told the tag team champions get out of the ring you know yeah and you could see they they did not like that it was and you saw the usos also or i mean not the usos you saw the new day also really not like daniel bryan said get out of the ring yeah, and, they were they were uh, just like taken aback by it. They're like, "Whoa, yeah, Daniel!" Like, it was whoa. really intense. And also, he wasn't really like mad at them. It was just he was serious. He's like, four-way. he's like, guys, don't have time for this. Like, get in the ring and just settle it. And he was like, yeah, he was very stern and uh, serious. But I I did like it because they were running out of time in the segment, and Daniel <laughs> Bryan needed to get it yeah. to end quickly. <laughs> yeah, guys, we need to give uh, Corbin and Styles some time here, man. You guys know how You're Corbin really isn't good on time. <laughs> You guys know how Corbin can be a little loose on time. We need to hurry it up. Um, but no, I, I I like the interactions with the teams that came out, um, especially with, again, Brizongo and the Ascension were hilarious. Um, oh, and Tyler Breeze being like, why together. are you guys still following us? Like, Leave us alone. <laughs> I thought that was great. The Usos then going after each team, being the bullies that they were, and as soon as they say Brizango, Xavier Woods kind of puts his hand up. He's like, "No, no, no, they're cool, man. They're cool." <laughs> that like they they played into the crowd. Like it was it was well written. The interactions were perfect. Like you're right. The entire segment itself, I thought, was just it was really good. It was phenomenal. I will say um, because. They really did play those interactions off well, and they popped us, man. They got us with uh, Tyler Breeze going, the Ascension, why are you following us? They popped us with, uh, with Xavier Woods putting his hand up being, no, 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 Brazongo's cool. Like that, those moments, those little moments like that are what gets us to get excited about things, and that was great. It was uh, really good. But it led into a fatal four-way match, and uh, we're just going to get to the winners here. Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable. Now, you predicted how this would go. Like, you predicted from the jump how this would go. So, you said that you love Brizongo, but you know Shelton, Ga- Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable are going to win. Uh, your mixed emotions were? Yeah, yeah. And this match was my head defeating my heart. It's, uh, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you look at what Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin can do, and you look at what the Usos can do, and this matchup is a matchup that we will see for months. It will be a great program, and it will carry all the way to the Royal Rumble. I'm excited. You think this one is going to last for a while, then? 
They all do with the Usos. When has an Usos feud only been uh, one or two pay-per-views? It's a good point. The Usos know how to carry feuds, and they they have long, really awesome feuds. You know, they they helped uh, make Sheamus and Cesaro. They helped uh, make the Wyatt family. The Wyatt family Usos feud was like a year. <laughs> that went forever. Yeah, it was so good. Um, but yeah, they they have been very they've been very good, and yeah. I yeah I just think it's I think Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable is the right call here. Um, I really do, because Brizongo, you're gonna have fashion files, so you let that keep going. The Ascension are involved in that. The Hype Bros are involved in this. Are we a team or are we not on the same page? I'm not really sure, and uh, I'm forgetting the other team uh, off the top of my head. Either way, Wait, of the four, of the four, yeah, uh, I think I named all of the teams. But either way, yeah, I think Sean yeah, Benjamin know. and Chad Gable were, I think, the most fitting team uh, for this next step for the Usos and for Chad Gable and, ben- and Benjamin themselves. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, the right call, and I can't wait. First, because the Usos, as we've seen, showcase. are uh, exactly it's man. It's going to be a show. Uh, so I can't wait for that. But winners. Chad Gable, Shelton Benjamin, now new number one contenders. But we come back from a break, and we get a recap of Charlotte and Natalia, and Natalia gets disqualified at Hell in a Cell on Sunday. And Natalia's backstage, Lana's there, Tamina, and also Carmella. Natalia starts talking crap about Charlotte. Charlotte gets in her face, and Natalia utters the line, and I wrote the, the line down. If you go on WrestleZone.com, check out the SmackDown Live results. That is your boy, Jay Jansen 34 on Twitter. Me, John Jansen, uh, doing the transcripts. But uh, she said something that you're going to break your father's fragile heart again, and then Charlotte snapped and attacked Natalia. Kind of what I, I needed to see after Sunday. Yeah. It's good to see some emotion out of Charlotte. It really is. It's, it's, I think that's something that I've been looking for in her is, is vulnerability. And uh, they've been able to really find that whenever they address her father. Yeah, uh, I'm and, hoping um, in the future that we can find other areas where Charlotte is emotionally vulnerable than bringing up her dad. But it seems like this is a, a great way to get that emotion out of her. Yeah, I, I like emotion, but uh, it's it's something that we need to see from Charlotte too. Is uh, she she just lost or got or Natalia disqualified from the match, so she's not a title holder. And ever since she's been to SmackDown Live, it's kind of just been like, okay, it's Charlotte, uh, like she's just the best. But now we finally see like a vicious side. Like the the side of the Charlotte that I I like seeing, where she is the biggest and baddest chick in WWE, and you talk to about her father like that, or you get yourself disqualified, you're gonna get your ass kicked, and that's what she did, and that was awesome uh, to see. So I thought that was really great. Again, something uh, visual we needed to see for Charlotte, but we get a match with Carmella and uh, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch getting the victory here uh anything you got out of this match i didn't get too much i thought uh i thought carmella's screaming like death scream cells were really funny (laughs) 
That that's all you got. Wait, that's they that is all you got out meaning? of this match. This was it's a match between Carmella, Becky adding, Lynch, Money in the Bank holder. She's adding to the game, and her death scream cells are are getting. They sounded like she's really in trouble, and it it just sounds. She uses them a little bit too much right now, but. When she peppers those in later. I think kind of the point here is, is that nothing <laughs> happened. Like that was the, that basically what you said, that it's her screams. Becky Lynch is strong. It's what you said, your analysis on this match basically told me nothing happened. That's what you said. Her, you but talked well, about well, you no, talked about I, the I screams of Carmella. And, Carmella screamed a lot. Yeah, that's the, Exactly. That so that is, implies something happened to make no, her scream no, a lot. No, that Becky is Lynch. that is nothing. When you you what? really do not care about what made her scream, you just kind of you didn't analyze it. You just observed. I know. And, uh, I noticed. I know what made her scream. scream. There was some rat. There was a rat exploder suplex in there. There's some good it's stuff. A, it's a, it's, I, know, I just found this out. It's a Bex exploder. It's a Bex exploder. Didn't know that. I almost typed it wrong. No, no, no. You're good. I didn't know it either. Um. And I, I feel like I need to, to ask the WWE universe or our fans here on SmackDown Rebellion, did you even know that it was called a Bex, B-E-X, Ploder? Uh, didn't know. She had I, I a name just thought that. she did a cool version of it. Right, that's that what I thought. Like I didn't think it needed a name. She's never even used it to win. She just uses it. Um, like, do we have to name every maneuver that a wrestler does? I think they do. Yeah, but like they usually have like technical terms that we have to give them their own unique names for each wrestler. Like it I get seems a finishing like that's the thing now. You, yeah. you look at uh, each wrestler has like three signature moves and then one finisher, and they all have a name. Yeah, that's a Bex Ploder. Um, cool. Like look, look at like Sheamus. He has like the beats of the Belfry, ten beats of the Belfry, where he punches you in the uh, chest ten times. Then he's got. Uh, but these are all kind uh, of unique moves. Kick. Like this is just like white noise, uh, oh Irish curse backbreaker. Yeah, that's like four moves that are named for Sheamus. So nothing happened in Becky Lynch and Carmella's match. I think no, we. I, no. okay, I think no. we're. I think we're gonna go with that. Uh, winner yeah. Becky Lynch. Sure. <laughs> um, but then we kind of get to the big part of the show and everything. I think everybody was wanting to see. Kevin Owens comes out and just a great description. <laughs> I'm like the elaborate description of what went through Kevin Owens head as Shane McMahon's about to jump onto his hurting and kind of limp body. Uh, Kevin Owens saying his soul detached from his body. He was waiting in line. Doesn't like lines. Uh, Kevin Owens too much, but waiting in line to the pearly gates of white. Uh, St. Peter was there. He's like, yo, St. Peter, what's up, dog? He's like, uh, yeah, you know what? You're not needed here. You need it on earth, man. And your guardian angel, Sami Zayn, your brother. Um, and that was Kevin Owens' account of what happened. And then Sami Zayn saved him like a guardian angel. And then we get the explanation from Sami Zayn. This could have gone a few ways. Um, and I'm, you know what? I'm just going to say how it did go because I don't know if I like it or not. And I want to hear from you, uh, Brian, uh, brought to you by Starbucks. But... Sami Zayn basically said that he kind of opened his eyes a bit uh, to what Kevin Owens was doing, and he thought, you know what, Kevin Owens is my brother, and I need to open my eyes to what the real world is, and that's basically what Sami Zayn had to say. Um, your thoughts on all of that, Brian? Brought to you by Star. I was, 
I was hoping it would be a little bit bigger. I, I was hoping Sammy would just kind of chomp on some scenery a little bit and ham it up. Because uh, I, I feel like, you know, we've never really seen, because Generico never really was heel, right? He, no, he, no, he was no, friends with so. people, but he was never a heel. So this is the first time we've ever seen Sammy as a heel. So I feel like this was an opportunity for him to just have like a Jerry Maguire moment or something crazy like that. And it just didn't quite get there. I wanted to see tears, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wanted Brother. something. I wanted something because I could. I I was so shocked he was the ultimate baby face, you know. And for him to turn, I I wanted him to just really let us have it. Well, one thing that they they did well that they played on is that Sami Zayn was such a good character and such a morally good character that when. At the end of it, they started doing the hug and then raising each other's arms. It felt uncomfortable. And someone's like, well, is something happening here? Like, is Sami Zayn going to then finally say, you know what? It was just a joke all along. Like, screw you, Kevin Owens. Like, yeah, Sami Zayn's good again. Um, and I think what they're going to do is play off of that emotion of that we still think Sami Zayn is morally good. We know that Sami Zayn is there deep inside. And they're going to play off these awkward moments of, like, could Sami Zayn finally uh, attack Kevin Owens again, be a good guy? So that's one thing they do well. I just don't know if I'm really ready or willing for Sami Zayn to be this. Like, I loved, even if Sami Zayn was getting his ass kicked, like, Sami Zayn's character was a character I could easily fall in love with and be relatable with. And... That was such a great character all the way through NXT, up to Monday Night Raw, even in SmackDown. And I thought, just given the time, like, it may take a long time, but eventually it's going to lead up to this great story. And instead, we have, maybe it's just a bump in the road, but a complete 180, and now Sammy, like, everything that Sami Zayn was is just completely gone. And it's not, it's... It's not the same thing as Bailey's character completely being ruined because that I think was just an accidental like oops we screwed up Bailey's character um with being the nice girl but then keeping the title after she cheated. Uh but with Sammy it's more just like a complete 180 of he's a good guy and now you know what screw being the good guy I like being a bad guy. Like completely going Anakin Skywalker on all of us. And I just I, initially like right now I don't like it. I really don't. I just don't know how far can really go and what's really the end game is with it. I think eventually yeah, Sami Zayn's going to go back. It. Yeah, I, I'm just not I buying feel it. feel the yes. emotions. Yes. And maybe that's part of it too. I'm just not buying it because Sami Zayn was that morally good character. Then it's like, I'm not buying this complete. Like that's, it's, it's like we look at it and we're like, that's not the Sami Zayn I know, you know? And it's maybe he's, Maybe to a point they were trying to play off that emotion and be like, yeah, that's not the Sami Zayn. You know he's changed. But it's more of a I'm just not buying it like kind of thing. Like, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. It's like I, I'm not buying into this. Like this just doesn't seem like it fits at all for for Sami Zayn. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so you're saying you're not a big fan. Right now, no. Uh, I would have to say, yeah, it's... There's still a chance to resurrect it, but there right now, is, and that's why I don't want to jump the gun a bit here because they could go down a path I would really like where he teams with Kevin Owens and then kind of turns back and you know real either realizes like you know what what I was doing that was wrong like this is not who I am, 
or just something to where he turns back because the, I think Sami Zayn is best as that morally good, uh, lovable character. Uh, so I, I hope it eventually ends up to that. But for now, the brothers are reunited. Joey K saying, uh, Fight Owens Fight, though, is the best thing going on WWE today. That's at Joey K20 on Twitter. Hashtag WZSD Live, which you can use to get your thoughts on the show and also into our post on WrestleZone.com for the SmackDown Live results. But Joey K saying Fight Owens Fight is the best thing going in WWE today. Do you agree with yes. that? Yes, yes, 100%. I would say the only one is Braun Strowman is better. You think he's better? I think Braun Strowman captures a mass audience like Kevin Owens. I'm not saying Kevin Owens can't, but Braun, Braun Strowman provided us like those unique moments that we can see only from a few people and that, that can pull that off. Like Braun Strowman is such a unique character and they put him in so many unique situations like throwing Roman Reigns off of a uh, stretcher and lifting a ambulance car like all of those moments like i will never forget those visuals like it was it was unbelievably good so braun Strowman, but i feel like he's in a different stratosphere than every other wwe wrestler right now in terms of mass appeal but kevin owens is a is a second i would say yeah the festival of friendship will be burned in my mind just like the barbershop window <laughs> But yeah, even, I, on, I just, even on SmackDown Live so far. Why my name on the list? Oh my God. It still replays it my head like way too much. But even, even on SmackDown Live so far, Kevin Owens still has maintained his status of being, you know, one of the, the more interesting characters on uh, WWE TV. So it continued. Yeah. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I'm sure we're going to get more out of this and it's going to unravel. A lot more, but initially, I maybe it's maybe it's the Mark in me, the fanboy in me, uh, that just thinks it's odd seeing Sami Zayn like that. It's it's just doesn't fit, and I feel like not they're jumping the gun. I hate to say jumping the gun on uh, saying Sami Zayn, it's just not working. But it's it was a character I was comfortable with him losing, and they could have done something with it. But instead, it's like they're like, nah, you know what? We need something else. We might as well just change now just for the heck of it. And I, I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. Um, but we get Shinsuke Nakamura and Randy Orton against Aiden English and Rusev. This is another one. I enjoyed the match, but did you get anything out of it? No, man. No. <laughs> yeah, really nothing. Dude, this felt, I, I, and I didn't even get like a cool new scream or anything out of anybody. So... You gotta I feel like Shasa. I like that Becky Lynch Carmella match more. Yeah, know. and it's it's not concerning, <laughs> but I f- I kind of just don't like the fact that we're getting Shinsuke out every single night for these matches that don't need to be done, and we're kind of um, diluting that great entrance of his. Like we're seeing it every night. It's like we it needs to yeah. be special. That was the best thing yeah. about him in NXT. You, it was a special event to see him on NXT. And in SmackDown, it's like, yeah, we just, uh, we're just going to throw you in a tag match with Aiden English and Rusev. Uh, you cool with that? Cool. Let's just do it. Um, and that, that, again, it just doesn't make him feel special the way it should be. Yeah. I, I definitely, I, I don't like this. <laughs> it's weird. It's super weird. There's and no point to it, to be honest. This feud, the feud with gender was so bad. The feud with gender was so bad. See, I didn't bad think it was that him. bad. Really? I actually, I actually I thought it was awful. I see, I kind of enjoyed it because of the insane reactions that people were getting from what gender was saying. And I thought the matches were good too, like because I like watching Shinsuke beat up on the Singh brothers. 
Um, yeah. It was, like, it was all good. But, yeah, I, I think I found it more interesting because of the reactions of what people were uh, saying about Jinder Mahal and his promos to Shinsuke. I thought that was, like, that was, again, we always clamor for WWE, like, talk about social issues or talk about politics. I'm like, this was the one time they're like, yeah, they're going for racism here. I like the Like, this subject matter is interesting. Like, let's go with this racism stuff. And, like, it just was all, like, the, it was just great. I, we broke it down before, and if you want to hear my thoughts, go on past SmackDown Rebellions. But I love how they played into a a complex topic like racism, and it got people upset, and it got even the Washington Post to like run an article on something Gender said. That to me, I'm like awesome. They got work too. They're getting played. Like this is all just fantastic. Like this show, this theater theatrical Shakespeare wrestling show just got put on the Washington Post for something controversial and something that you know a subject matter that's tough to talk about and they went with it like I loved it if they're gonna do that in in wrestling feuds I'm all for it and Jinder and Shinsuke were I think the two right people to do it with and it was awesome maybe I went on a little bit too much of a rant or a kind of uh I'm explaining too much of why I love Jinder and Shinsuke, but I hope that landed. No, go for I it. Hope I, is, I, I, I hope when I was tonight. landing that plane that I wasn't crashing, like I wasn't off of the runway there, that I actually landed on the uh, the wheels and I'm just now hitting the brakes, sliding into a, a safe landing. I didn't hit any <laughs> turbulence on the way down because I felt like I was saying something very smart. And then after a while, I'm like, does anybody even care? what the hell I'm talking about right now. So we're going to move on from that. Uh, not, again, again, nothing interesting from Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura in their win against Aiden English and Rusev. Then we get Bobby Roode, heel Ziggler. Uh, did you feel like Roode forgot his, his, what he was supposed to say? There was like this awkward moment where they both paused and Roode was like trying to say something, but he's like, and uh, yeah, it just, it felt a little awkward. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. It felt like because they, it yeah, looked like he was, was trying to say something and he just couldn't spit it out. And I didn't know if that's how he was supposed to be or like kind of he was like, "Help me out here, man. I don't remember. <laughs> what are we supposed to do next?" I just assumed he was distracted by Dolph Ziggler's straightened hair. It's so long, so long when it's straight. Your analysis today has been fantastic. Dolph Ziggler's long hair. I will say, like, because when was I was very long. when I was thinking, like, Bobby Roode's, <laughs> Bobby Roode's, like, well, he's stumbling over his words, like he's not spitting anything out, like talk. And everybody, even the, our WrestleZone account, I think, being manned by uh, Bruce, uh, is it Bill Pritchard? Bruce Pritchard. Oh my God, it's Bill Pritchard. Uh, Bruce yeah. Pritchard is another guy who has a big podcast, something to wrestle with. And uh, Bill Pritchard works for WrestleZone.com and our Twitter account. And Bill put out, so I'm just going to say something we're all thinking about. Ziggler's hair is unusually long. And while I'm thinking, hey, um, he's forgetting his lines, everybody's like enamored by like, holy hell, Ziggler's hair, Ziggler's hair, Ziggler's hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's long and yeah. it's straight. It's, it's, it's glorious. It's magnificent. Uh, this meme that <laughs> Ziggler is rocking. Like, it's like nobody knew how beautiful Ziggler's hair was. And then all of a sudden tonight, Ziggler like straightened it up, was looking pretty, and everybody's like, damn, damn, Ziggler. Some nice looking hair. 
And so I think that distracted everybody from Rube going, I match tonight. <laughs> so maybe that also distracted Rude, and that's how it all happened. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> you saw that Harry, he's like, Wow, I, I forgot. Long? Yes, it, it, it could have distracted, uh, distracted Rude. But I mean, imagine you see one of your coworkers, and then their hair looks like a foot longer than it normally is, and then you're like, "Is that a wig?" I don't know. I usually get looks the other way around because I wait a long time to get my hair cut because I'm like, I'm not paying twenty bucks for a buzz, uh, so I just wait. I just wait it out, get it really long, and it gets really sloppy, and then I'm finally like, you know what? I finally have twenty bucks to spend. I'll do it. And then I come in the work the next day, and they're like, "Who the freak are you?" Like, what the hell just happened? Like, the entire mop on your head is just gone. And, like, I get those looks at work. And everybody's like, damn, that's odd. But, yeah, haircuts uh, or hairstyles can be distracting. Maybe distracting for Rude, but we do get a match for next week. It was supposed to happen tonight. Rude challenged Ziggler into the ring. Ziggler's like, nah. He's like, when I want to and where I want to. And he kept saying... He's probably going to get a haircut. And he kept saying... And he, the key word was not haircut or hair or anything about Ziggler's gorgeous hair. Uh, it was about it was about the fact he kept saying where, and that was making me think like, are they going to do this maybe backstage or somewhere else? Because he kept saying when, and like I get the when, but usually he was emphasizing it felt like where, like whenever, wherever. And so I'm hoping that it is what kind is of like down next week. No idea, but I'm hoping that it is not inside of a WWE ring. I hope we get an empty arena match. An empty arena match. Yeah. It's been a while since we've seen one it's of those. It's been a while since we've seen that awful idea of a match. Um, so why not do it again? We brought back the uh, Punjabi prison. Why not bring back an empty arena match? I mean, SmackDown Live is already halfway empty. So you might as well just do it when it's fully empty. Was that a too piss poor of a joke on SmackDown Live's crowd? Should I just move on? Basically. Okay. Uh, AJ <laughs> Styles, Baron Corbin for the, <laughs> for the United States title. We get the rematch. I usually like the rematches, and this was no exception. They had a fantastic match, by the way. Um, were you kind of uh, happy with... The triple with, threat or this one? Uh, no, this one. The triple threat was good, but this one tonight. Um, it was because it was... I think about 46, 47 when they finally got going. And it's like, oh, man, they're going to have to rush this. But I thought it went really well. Um, yeah, I, I was I, afraid that they'd have to rush it, too. Uh, but, it, yeah, you're right. It but did, they started off. Well. And the best thing, they started off uh, AJ Styles. They were about to lock up, but AJ instead gets an Enzigurian. And he says to Baron Corbin, he's like, you can't, like, almost like cocky, like, you're not better than me. Like, this is all day. I'm pretty sure he said this is going to be all day or something like something along the lines of that. But I love how that started out. Like, AJ Styles is that excellent wrestler, and he's the best wrestler in WWE we think of. And to, for him to start out like that and kind of run circles around Baron and start off with, like, an enziguri, it's like, okay, AJ's not playing tonight. And he kind of had that cocky walk around like, this is going to be all day, son, all day. And I love that. I love how that started out. But then it gradually started playing into Baron Corbin just being physically overpowering. And then at the end, we get an end of days, Baron Corbin retaining his U.S. title. So now it seems like Baron Corbin, U.S. champ. And we can go 
what's going to happen next with Corbin and Styles. Let's start first with Corbin. Uh, do you like the fact that he's now a U.S. champ? Yeah, because I, I, I want to see AJ in the title picture. That's the only reason? I, I you're, feel you're... like, uh, yeah, basically, I feel like we, we need we need to shake it up in the United States championship picture. AJ's been doing his thing. It, it's time for somebody new. It's clear that they want Baron Corbin. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Right. I think this is the right opportunity for Corbin, like his his whole story. And again, we, we talked about this last week. Um, I think I forget who was on with me. It was Bill Pritchard. And we were talking about that WWE is kind of playing into these smarky kind of uh, things that wrestling fans catch on to, like the rumors. And the rumor oh, was God, like Baron, Baron Corbin. using that phrase, keyboard, keyboard warriors. warriors. And they're Ugh. playing into this Baron Corbin. Like that's what initially lost him the chance for a WWE championship because he started talking a bunch of crap to Dave Meltzer and he started talking a bunch of crap to the fans and everybody got upset and so Corbin lost his title chance and everybody's like ha ha gotcha loser keep talking to me again and so he kept talking to those keyboard warriors and that's now his thing like that's that is his whole character now is the keyboard warriors suck and when he regained the championship again today, he's like, eat it, eat it. <laughs> and it's fantastic. And I just think it was, I don't know, maybe the right call to take the briefcase off of him and have him squander an opportunity that big. But if there was the best case scenario of how it was going to go afterwards, I think this is it. Um, and I, I like how kind of where Corbin has uh, ended up. So I'm okay with it. I like it actually a lot. I, I, I don't like the scripted promos. I feel like they are missing Eat out. It, Brian. Corbin. He Eat it, Brian. Eat it. You keyboard well warrior. Talking smack. You yeah. keyboard warrior. Nobody could hear you because I'm just going to pull a Baron Corbin and tell you to eat it and that you're a keyboard Ugh. warrior. Eat it. Brian, brought to you by Starbucks. You know, they also use that keyboard warrior line in the tap out. Uh, commercial. Do you think Baron it? Corbin, if he were to go to Starbucks, you're a barista expert. What do you think Baron Corbin would order? What would Baron Corbin order? Yeah, to Starbucks. If he went to Starbucks? Yeah. Oh, man. Like, if he Ooh, came I, up I to you... He'd, I bet you he'd get, like, like an extra caramel, caramel frappuccino. That's what I'm thinking. Like two every, shots of espresso. I'm telling you, too, people are thinking automatically. Right, people are thinking automatically. Like, oh, you just go black coffee, you know, keep it straight. That's Baron Corbin. No, Corbin tough guy. Gets nah, Corbin would go up there and be like, yeah, can I get a venti PSL? Uh, hey, lay heavy on the whipped cream. Um, also throw a shot of espresso in there. Throw a couple of them in there. Hey, you have a good day, big guy. <laughs> yeah, that's Corbin. Yeah. That's Corbin on a Starbucks. I really think he just walk in there, big guy. Yeah, can I have a venti Where, PSL? <laughs> whereas, like, I I know definitely uh, the uh, oh god, what, now I'm forgetting their name. Uh, top guys tag team. They're hurt right now. Uh, Revival? No flips, just fists. Revival, yeah. Revival. FTR. Yes. <laughs> Those guys, cold brew, all the way. Oh, I bet oh you they definitely. Classic cold brew. Definitely. Just they yes. go straight to the iced coffee cold yes. or, or the cold brew. Now, do you they think can, they put any cream or sugar? But no, they just go for the cold brew. 
those dudes are totally coffee dudes. I look at them and I'm like, you drink coffee and you are serious about it. <laughs> so you're, you're thinking of the revival as like a Sunday paper sitting and uh, and sipping on coffee. <laughs> no, man, they're on the go. These, these dudes are like, I'm on the go. I'm getting my coffee and I'm, I'm moving. I feel like they're like that. Uh, maybe, maybe even uh, the good brothers, the club. I bet you they might do it too. No, nah, they're definitely a hot coffee. I think they're a hot coffee. You think they're uh, a hot coffee? Yeah, the, the good brothers. Yeah, I think they are. <laughs> um, and they, they'll, they're they ones that maybe put a little bit of cream and sugar, but they're kind of simple with their coffee. Um, it's just going to be a regular hot coffee, maybe some cream and sugar, and they're on their way. I could say, definitely see the revival just getting a cold brew and no cream and sugar, just cold brew, that's it, and go. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of with you on that one. Uh, you are the expert, so, I mean, you tell me. But... Um, Baron Corbin definitely, it's, definitely like a a extravagant drink. <laughs> yeah, totally. right, Dude. like a caramel macchiato kind of guy. With two shots thrown in there, <laughs> you know it. Oh, do you he, think, might, he might get some dairy alternative if he's got an issue that we don't. Who know about. who in uh, WWE would be the secret menu Starbucks like uh, lover? Like they go into the oh, secret menu stuff. God, of course it would be Woods. You know, yeah, New Day. Yes, New Day. Yes. They would okay. be trying the weird they stuff. They try the unicorn frappuccino first. In fact, they came up with it. Of course, that garbage drink. That awful, awful drink. It looked delicious, man, but I could never do it. No, it's awful. It's not. No, have a coffee. They make nice coffee. Yeah, they make fantastic coffee. But New Day, going straight for the unicorn, unicorn, not unicorn, unicorn frappuccino. Okay, so New Day would be the ones that tried the secret menu uh, Starbucks items. Okay, Um, that's it for today um, on SmackDown Rebellion. I'm glad we went over the great stuff. Um, Yeah, I mean, today's SmackDown had a lot of minutia going on. I, I see there were I guess if I if I'm gonna go over things I like tag team division was great uh, also liked AJ Styles and Baron Corbin uh, but there were a few like Carmella Becky Lynch meant nothing Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura getting a win really meant nothing but then we, we got again that big moment with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens so I think three signature moments in this show and for a two hour show you know what I'll take it I really will so not bad it's definitely not not my favorite one in a while it wasn't <laughs> Left a little to be desired today. On that note, Brian, where can we find you? <laughs> Brian brought to uh, you, you by find Starbucks. Me at Brian Wool on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and in two weeks, you can find me in Hollywood, Stranger Things, the musical. It's me, Quinta Brunson, Keith, Ari Stidham from Scorpion, Mark from Octavarius, the guys from Lou Burger, gals from Upright Citizens Brigade. It's going to be a rollicking good time. And it's only one night, so we won't be sued, I think. What? Stranger Things musical. Are you singing? Do you have a singing voice? Yeah, yeah. Do you have Aiden Uh English type pipes? Like, I want to hear something. Um, You are definitely not going to hear it now. You got to pay some money. Dude, (laughs) sing about Rusev Day for like five seconds. I want to get a taste. I want to get a tease. I am not going to sing on this podcast. That's not going to happen. It's all about the tease, man. Gosh, Brian, I got to teach you radio stuff. And then you teach me how to sing and act and actually live like a human being. There's a video on Instagram already. And there's going to be some coming out. Instagram, so you can check on, the Instagram. Uh, you know I don't have an Instagram, man. Come on. What's wrong with you? I know you're in radio, <sighs> but you got to get into pictures, man. You're not that hideous. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at jjansen34. But that's it for this edition of SmackDown Rebellion. I'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>